Welcome to another edition of NACA's American Dream Podcast, a production of the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America. With us once again, NACA founder and CEO Bruce Marks. Bruce, we have had this, it's been fun to do these conversations over these last few episodes. You mentioned in one of the earlier ones that, that we are a very heavily regulated organization. One of those regulators is HUD, and a lot of people aren't aware that it hasn't always been lollipops and rainbows with HUD. <laughs> I, I laughed, Tim, because um, let me tell you this story. Let me tell you a little bit about it. So we, we have, when we started putting it together after we got the fleet agreement and doing the mortgages, uh, we started to say, how can we reinvent um, mortgage lending, and how can we do counseling the right way? So we stayed away from HUD. We said, we don't want to be regulated by them and have them tell us the way to do lending and to do counseling. So okay, so we stayed away, stayed away doing our own thing, even though we were giving up a lot of money, you know, because, you know, as a HUD recipient, you know, counseling organization, they uh, give out, you know, pretty significant amount of money. Um, you, can get, you can get millions of dollars for each organization a year. So we, so we stayed away, but uh, with uh, the mortgage crisis, you know, said, well, in order to get funding from the um, uh, you know, NFMC, National Foreclosure Mitigation Counseling, you had to be HUD certified. So we said, okay, we're going to be HUD, HUD um, certified. So we started to identify, um, as I said, I testified on September 12th of 2000 about the mortgage crisis. So we were, we were preparing for that. And, you know, understanding that this crisis was coming. It took a little bit longer than what we anticipated to come, but we knew it was going to come. So we said, okay, you know, how best can we, can we help people? So we said, okay, let's, let's set up a process where, you know, homeowners at risk of foreclosure can submit their documents to their member of Congress, to their, to their congressperson or their senator. The congressperson and senator could there forward that doc, all those documents for each one of their um, constituents to the CEO of the lender. And so here you have the homeowners, here are all the, the documents they need to modify their mortgage, goes to their member of Congress, who will click on in our system to forward it to either, you know, Jamie Dimon at uh, Chase or any of the executives of these major lenders, servicers. So it would be escalated to the CEO and it's a win-win. The homeowners get um, a modification, affordable payment. The members of Congress can provide a service, important service to their constituents and it gets escalated to the CEO's desk so that you know they you know when things go to their when they go directly to them they get a higher priority right so here we're thinking this is a win-win this is just perfect right no downside well a few things came into place <laughs> so we kept you know going to HUD and we said you know we're gonna do this we're gonna do this but we want your support so we uh, um, couldn't get them any support. They weren't helping the homeowners. They weren't willing to do anything, right? So we weren't quite sure what the consequences of us pulling the switch on this. So eventually HUD 
you know, people were losing their homes. We were desperate, right? So we pulled the switch. So what happened, Tim? What happened is that literally hundreds of thousands of homeowners uh, uploaded their documents and they submitted them to their member of Congress and the members of Congress didn't know what to do and they were panicked because we, there's two things we didn't take into account. One thing is that it would be a massive number of people and it would shut down the members of Congress, meaning their phone system shut down, their faxes shut down, their emails shut down, and you know, it was, it, and, and they thought that we were attacking them when we were trying to get them to help their constituents. The other thing we didn't take into account is members of Congress don't like their constituents. <laughs> so, you know, that they just, you know, they'd rather just see them when they want to get re-election and all that. And that's true for the vast majority of the members of Congress, right? So they, they said, you know, we haven't had this kind of response from our constituents ever. But here this is well-intentioned operation to save the homes of hundreds of thousands of homeowners at risk of foreclosure. So what happens? Members of Congress write to HUD, and we have this actually in the emails. They write to HUD and they say, if you don't terminate NACA, we're going to cut off half of HUD's funding. Half of their funding, not just the counseling, half of their funding, right? So what does HUD do? HUD sends in the Inspector General to our offices. And the Inspector General, they have three full-time Inspector Generals based in our office for three months, three and a half months. And they look through everything that we're doing. I mean, all the processes, all the documents, everything that we're doing. And after three and a half months of them being there full-time, every day, they come back and they say, no findings, or recommendations. So they tell us, because you know, they're, they're telling us that you'll, you will get the final report in a day or two, but we're telling you no findings or recommendations. Then all of a sudden, and, and then HUD says, and we, we, and we know this, uh, HUD says um, that uh, that's never happened before. It's never happened that an organization where you send in the inspector general, and the inspector general says no findings or, or recommendations. So HUD forces, calls them to Washington and then forces them to go back to do a reconsideration of that. So they come back for another month or two. Said, because you've got to find something. You know, it can't <laughs> be that there's nothing there. And so they do a reconsider, you know, reevaluation, the whole thing. Again, they go back and they say, no findings, no, no nothing. No recommendations. Yeah. No, yeah. And you can go on, even now, go on to the HUD Inspector General website and you'll see the, the report, right? So finally we got that. So we thought, you know, this is, this is fine. We're, we're in good shape. Then, I'm, uh, uh, then that, uh, around, uh, that around Christmas, I, we found out, we get a notice, they, I was out of the country, uh, that HUD cut off our funding. And then, uh, so they um, um, cut off our funding, and, they're, and they are going to terminate NACA. Even after the Inspector General's re uh, uh, report. So, you know. Did they have any, uh, certain grounds that they were claiming, or just 
They Too bad we're going to turn you off anyway. They, they were gonna, and this, this was Sean Donovan, who was head. Mm -hmm. Now, he might have been a little pissed off because at the event, uh, you know, uh, at our events, we had this tendency that we say to people, um, everybody, raise your cell phones. <laughs> and we would give them the direct number to the White House to call President Obama to say, what are you doing for us? And we also got the personal numbers of uh, the HUD executives. And one of them was Dave Stevens, who was actually uh, a pretty good guy, uh, you know, helped. And it turns out that when we gave out his cell phone, and we had a, a cell phone number, we had everybody dial it at one time. Mm -hmm. He was in a meeting with Sean Donovan. <laughs> and it blew up his phone. So, you know, so we shut him down. So. You know, so I guess, you know, we were there for the people, for, for the homeowners. So I guess that didn't sit well with those guys. Right. So they, um, they uh, you, know, you know, ended up uh, um, terminating us, which made it so that when we uh, tried to help more homeowners and get the assistance to provide that, we were prevented from doing that. So it's one thing to come after NACA, but it's another thing to hurt the homeowners. And we are very clear because the Obama administration was not doing, you know, virtually anything for the homeowners. Right. And, and the worst part is we, when we had agreements with Fannie Mae on their mortgages, Freddie Mac on their mortgages, the lenders on their mortgages, the investors, the one that we couldn't get uh, in, a, in a significant way was FHA. Which was, is a part you know, of HUD. Which is a part of HUD. And that was really, and that, and those mortgages were predominantly to minority homeowners. And that is a disgrace. So really, I'll say on camera that over 3 million African-American homeowners lost their homes because of the Obama administration not doing the right thing for the homeowners. And so, you know, there's a lot of good things you can say that maybe that the Obama ad administration did, you can argue it both ways, but the one thing that is absolute, and to this day I will not let that go, is all those homeowners who lost their homes through no fault of their own because the Obama administration did not do the right things where they controlled that process. And I'll say, even today, so I'm gonna do a little bit of an aside, even today, now with this crisis that we're going through now, the COVID-19, the pandemic, now FHA is doing the right thing. Uh, now, you know, you know, the Ginnie Mae mortgages, which are the securities for the FHA, they're doing the right thing by being able to defer those payments. They could have done that back in the mortgage First crisis and they didn't. They gave us the excuse that you couldn't Change the those Ginny May mortgages, and that was an absolute lie. Yeah, but yeah, there was no um, truth to that at all. So anyway, getting back to this, so so they're trying to shut us down, taking, and and then, so we're going and you know we're trying to get you know Barney Frank involved, and you know he had committed a billion dollars through NeighborWorks, which had mismanaged that that grant. Uh, for those homeowners, so again, thousands and tens of thousands of homeowners lost their homes, and and NeighborWorks had to give back three quarters of that money, seven hundred fifty million dollars, because they couldn't spend it. And if they had involved NACA, we could have helped get that money out, because we were the biggest providers and services out there. So we do, so we do this, 
And then come that June, uh, you know, they're going to not just terminate us, but they're going to uh, um, try to put us out of business. So this was a political operation by the Obama administration to put us out of business. So we sue them. So we sue HUD. And then HUD is transferring this stuff over to CFPB, the Consumer Finance right. Protection Bureau. Right. And so now we're in a fight. So we're suing HUD. Uh, CFPB is investigating us, right? And uh, um, so then we decided, okay, we're going to have, we're going to take over CFPB. I mean, you know, literally, we're taking, we're, we are going to take them over. So if you remember, their building is right next to the uh, executive, old executive office right. building, right uh, in down, downtown, right by the Capitol, right? Yeah, that's right on 17th. You know, right yeah, just right the, up by yeah. the White House, right? Hop, hop, skip, and jump from the White House, yeah. So we have over 1,000 people take over CFPB. We're in the lobby. So we thought they would, they would be on to us, but so we had people on the inside. We had people coming from different directions. And uh, so we just, we, we just took it over. We just shut it down. And uh, the cap and the police were really upset because it took them about forty minutes to get there. <laughs> uh, it did. You know, and <laughs> I was there. <laughs> and they couldn't figure out. And and then we, we and we brought thousands and thousands of files because we said you have to investigate this. These mm -hmm. these borrowers were losing their homes, right? And you know, so uh, uh, they did. To their credit, we got them to start to do some more work on that. You know, not as much as they should have done because they were more interested in the process than in the outcome. But then we're still in a lawsuit against HUD. So it goes to the judge, to one of, to one of the federal judges, and he was so outraged of what um, HUD was doing to us that he allowed us to do the discovery. So we got all their emails. We got all their emails. So we got all the emails not just of uh, the staff people at HUD, but of Sean Donovan's emails and everything I had, unfiltered. So we had our attorneys in the Justice Department going through all their emails, you know, without, you know, you know, uh, blank, you know, marking them off or anything no like that. No redactions, no nothing. No redactions, no nothing. And months and months of this, right? Wow. And so then, you know, and then we're doing uh, uh, the depositions of the, of the you know, HUD people, right? And the Justice Department sides with us. And they said that this is so outrageous that they, because the Justice Department has to represent the agency, so they are representing HUD. So the Justice Department sides with us. And they said, you know, what you're doing is wrong. So they had to pay us, they paid us the, a, you know, they gave us back our grant of eight, um, 800 and some odd thousand dollars. Then they paid us the penalty because of all the time we spent on this. And they made the whole thing whole. But then we said, we're not done. We wanted to get the discovery. So we got the discovery and Sean Donovan has a, they had a termination of NACA for that June. And they, they had a time frame, it was called TikTok. And in this time frame, that they did, that they were going to say that they were going to um, uh, provide the termination of NACA to governors and to mayors. They were going to leak it to 60 Minutes and ABC News. They were going to have a press conference, and they laid it out. 
the days, the times, and then we got all the emails. This just didn't come from HUD, this came from the White House. And if you remember back then, Chase was very much embedded in you know, the Chase executives in the White House. Mm -hmm. This came from, from the communications department of the White House. And the reason why the termination didn't happen, it turns out, because we have the emails, have them to this day, is that, uh, that no one was willing to put their, themselves out there personally. Because they knew that there was such anger out there among the homeowners and stuff that you know, no one thought it was, they wouldn't do it. Right. So at the last minute, it didn't happen. So you know, when you think about what we accomplished in these events, you know, we saved so many people's homes. We just uh, you know, modified, you know, we saved lives. We saved we lives. But it's not just the operations of it. Look who we had to beat. We had to beat all the major banks who didn't mm -hmm. want us to do this. The investors who were, in our, who were blocking our way. All the industry groups out there. The government was just doing a political operation to take us down. And then we had to put all the processes in place to do it. So when you think back of what it took to accomplish this, it's really extraordinary. And I think it's just a reflection on if, if a group of people are so determined to do the right thing and will not take no for an answer, you know, amazing things can happen. But if we knew everything we had to go up against, you know, you know at least we didn't know that because it was an amazing six or seven years. And when I see those documents, because, you know, in the end, when I looked at that, um, when I looked at that termination document, I mean, you know, you, you couldn't make that up. I couldn't believe that we were so much in the eye of the administration and those, um, and those decision makers that they made, that they were willing to go to such great lengths to put us out of business. But that's a, that's a story that has never been told before, and we can <laughs> document every aspect of that. At that point, Richard Cordray, he was running CFPB. Uh, and so he was, so we saw him as the problem. So when he was going through, when he gave his, um, presentations in front of the Senate bank, Banking Committee, we were there to protest. In the House Financial Service, Services Committee, we were there to protest. Um, when he was doing his, uh, his um, nomination to, to be uh, appointed, to be uh, permanent at right. CFPB, we were there to protest. But then the more he looked at what we were doing, the more supportive he became. And so over time, we had access to him personally and to the people at CFPB because they appreciated our mortgage program. They understood what we were doing on the home save and they used us as a resource. So you can contrast Sh uh, Sean Donovan, who really doesn't care about homeowners or home buyers. 
just cares about his own uh, interest. So he could never grow into being open to learning what was going on to do a better job as head of HUD and then you know, in his uh, other position at OMB. And Richard Cordray, who didn't quite understand everything that we're doing, right? You know, didn't know all the ins and outs because he runs a big agency, but was open to learning and to hearing this stuff and in the end became a big supporter because he respected the work that we do. And I give a lot of credit to people out there who might not initially get it or understand it or have paid enough attention to it, but are willing to be open to learning and to growing and then to being uh, responsive to the issues that we bring to their table and to others and to other people bringing to them. So that's where, you know, Sean Donovan, dead loss, only interested in himself. Richard Cordray, someone that, that was really concerned and wanted to do the right thing, was open to learning and to, and to uh, helping over the long term. And I think the thing that, that uh, demonstrated how Cordray changed, I, I remember hearing the story, I wasn't there for this one, but, but uh, Cordray was in Boston at one point to deliver a speech. And after he did that day, he out of the blue, totally impromptu, stopped by NACA headquarters, yep. spoke with you and spoke with actually a group of trainees yep. and, and said to them, thank you for what this organization is doing. And that we would every quarter, he'd have us into his headquarters in Washington. He says, tell me what's going on. Tell me how these regulations are, are what kind of effect they're having you know, the TRID stuff that he put in place, he wanted to know on the ground what was happening. So he hears from a lot of activists, but they don't do mortgage lending. They're not actually doing the processing of these mortgages and, and having to deal with TRID and all the, you know, particularities of that regulation and others. So he wanted to learn from us what we're seeing and how he could improve that. And that's, that's been a nice thing. And we hope that there's, because government's important, regulations are important, regulators are important, and you know, we want them to, to look at regulations not as people adhering to processes, but adhering to outcomes. So what does that mean? That means if you're a regulator, you shouldn't be so concerned that every paper is provided and every disclosure is done exactly right. What you should be concerned about is, is this mortgage affordable? And did someone get the same terms as somebody else who's similarly situated gets? Right. That's what regulation should be about. It's about fair, good outcomes, not about the processes that if you adhere to the processes, but you still provide an unaffordable mortgage, that shouldn't be good enough. Yeah, it's an empty bureaucracy. Bruce, thank you again. You know, what, all of these amazing stories, Thank you so much for, for, for this. I, I am just, even here during our conversations, as long as I've been around, I'm learning so much about what we've done. So I can imagine everybody who's, who's listening and watching this is, is just amazed by what's going on. And there's more to come. Thank you for joining us for this edition of NACA's American Dream Podcast. We'll see you again real soon.